Welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. I am so honored that you have decided to press play on this show today and let me into your mind and into your space. If this is your first time listening to this show, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for opening your mind to me. So today, I have a very, very special episode for all of you. For the first time ever, I am not alone on my daybed recording this podcast. I am here with my whole family, actually. I have Bruna. Bruna, say hi. Hello. And I have Milo here. Milo, you want to say hello? (laughs) He's normally quite talkative. So, of course, here it is. I have my first guest. And I think it just only felt organic to have my first guest be the person that is closest to me in my life, my beloved, my Dakini sister, my best friend, Bruna Rocha Brito. So, here she is. Say hello again, Bru. Hello again. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today, my love? I'm doing pretty good. My day has been really, really good. Um, I feel really calm and uh, center, even though I had to perform, right, taking a test today, and this is Milo speaking over here. Um, I feel really good, yeah. I'm glad you feel good. I've been complaining all day. Apparently that's an Aries thing. It's so smoky outside, and during the last show that I recorded, I saw it coming in, and I just hadn't, like, looked at my phone yet that day. I didn't know that there was, like, wildfires blowing smoke into our valley, so I've been complaining about it a lot today, Um, but we did take Milo outside to play so that he could get a little bit of his energy out. Do you think that that worked, Bruna? It doesn't look like he's <laughs> he, he is really wanting to chew on this microphone right now. So I think I'm going to pause for a second. You have to say that pause. Okay, so Bruna, I'm so honored to have you here as the first guest on Lioness Podcast. Tell me, how does it feel to be the first guest on my show? It feels. Um... I don't know how to explain. It's a mix of feelings, I guess. Like, I uh, I don't know if you know, but this is my first podcast. Um, you you know how, um, how private I am. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really open up like this to a lot of people. And this is, yeah, my first, my first podcast, and I feel good about it. I'm excited to have this talk. I feel honored to be talking to you here and uh, being open, right, for whoever that wants to hear this, uh, that can just go and hear. And uh, I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm excited. Aww. Well, thank you, baby. And I think that is maybe one of the bigger differences between us. Um, is that I am super open all the time 
and Bruna is a little bit more reserved and private and quiet. And so even just asking her to be on the show, um, I had to ask myself, is that something that she's going to want to do? Is that something she's going to be willing to do? So I appreciate that you're here because you're such a hero of mine. And I think that so many people could learn so much from you. And while today I'm not exactly going to have you tell your entire story, I think that through this show we'll get to learn more about you. Hopefully you'll come back to tell us more and people can be inspired by the amazing woman that you are. Um, so for everyone who doesn't know you, that's just listening, Bruna, who are you today? Who are you right now? Agora. That's a very open question. Uh, who am I right now? Um, I am uh, 35 years old, Brazilian. That, um, wait, did I say 35? <laughs> okay, that's a lie. I'm 37. Um, clearly, uh, I might be a little nervous, right? <laughs> Knowing that everyone's going <laughs> to uh, be hearing about my life. Um, but 37, that's the truth. And uh, um, I, I've been in Utah, right, United States for uh, 15 years, which has been a long time. Uh, it just flew by. I can still believe like that I've been here for this long. And uh, currently trying to become a firefighter. Um, it's been a rough uh, uh, path, definitely, but very, very uh, inspiring. And uh, I feel like I've been having to recreate myself in so many ways, uh, things that I believed before. I'm having to change my mind and the way I thought that things should look like. Yeah, I guess that's, that's me today. I don't know if that really answered the question. That's a really open question. I don't know how exactly to answer. <laughs> I know, it's a really open question. And I think that... You and I especially, and I think a lot of people through this season moving from July into August of 2021, I'm actually feeling just so much transformation. And I feel like you and I, not necessarily as a couple, but as two individual people, we have been going through a lot of transformation. We've been kind of stepping into our highest selves, holding ourselves to higher standards. And um, and so, you know, the things that we used to use to label and describe ourselves, they might not feel present every day um, because you didn't actually mention once what you actually do day to day for a living because you're, you're already moving into the next chapter of your life, you know, that's more present for you. Um, but Bruna is a pretty badass, kick-ass coach, personal trainer. If you want to learn Muay Thai, if you want to get ripped AF, and if you want to learn to become a firefighter and be strong enough to pass those tests, Bruna is your girl. I think the coolest thing that she did during the pandemic was take our tiny little garage and build it into an amazing, complete gym. We have, do you have everything you need in that gym? Yes, I do. I have everything I need in order to make any person just stronger it's definitely uh, has been this, uh, the biggest learning has been the adaptability, right? Uh, we moved in uh, into this new place and the pandemic hit and uh, the gym, right? All of the gyms just closed and uh, I had to real quick be 
uh, creative enough to uh, build my own gym, and that's what I did. And uh, um, yeah, I have everything in the gym. I've been so blessed to have have had the chance to just really uh, maintain and uh, attract more clients throughout the pandemic as other gyms closed down. And a lot of people reach out to me uh, because my gym was just private. It was just me and the client, and they wanted to come train with me. So I was really blessed to maintain the, the income, maintain the flow that allowed me to build my own gym. And today I, I have my own business that I don't depend on anyone, anywhere, and I can play all the music I want in my gym because <laughs> it sounds it sounds silly, but before when I had to share a gym with other trainers, it was always something that I it's something that I like. I like to play my own music because mm-hmm. I feel like the music it's what moves me, mm-hmm. and it's it's just such a bliss now that I can do whatever I want, whatever I want in my own gym, and it's it's great. Play all the loud Brazilian funk you can exactly exactly yep and it's been really beautiful to see you like step into that space and just I think I was really lucky to go through the pandemic with you because Bruna and I obviously have extremely different backgrounds Um, Bruna grew up in Rio de Janeiro Brazil and I grew up on the east bench of Salt Lake City Um, and so Bruna, for Bruna, resilience and adaptability and living in kind of high stress situations is kind of her norm. And coming to Salt Lake City was such a like peaceful oasis for you that you didn't really want to leave. Am am I, is that a pretty good way to describe it? Um, yes, I wouldn't call Oasis, uh, because comparing Rio to Salt Lake, definitely Rio, it's more of Oasis than (laughs) Salt Lake, (laughs) but, uh, and the, uh, security feeling safe topic, definitely Salt Lake, uh, show me that I was safe here, that I could be a little bit more relaxed and not having to be alert 24 seven, like I have to be in Rio. Mm -hmm definitely was a huge reason why I decided to stay here. So yes, Salt Lake showed me that I could be something else. And I really liked that. And that's why I decided to stay here. Yeah. And I think, well, there's two thoughts coming out of the end of that. And one of them is that during the pandemic, you just kept on reminding me like adaptability, we have to be able to adapt. And I think that having you as my partner through that time, And you kept reminding me, like, we have to adapt, we have to adapt. And we both, like, not only adapted, but the pandemic gave us so many gifts. And I'm really grateful that you kind of held and carried that vision for us of just adapting. If there's anything I've learned and, you know, being going to school for environmental studies, it's that humans have to learn to adapt if they want to be the fittest that survive global climate change. Um... And the other thing I wanted that came out out of that question is, do you feel like moving to Salt Lake City and experiencing that feeling of peace and safety was an intrinsic part of your spiritual path and 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 becoming this peaceful warrior that you are? 
Well, at first, when I moved here, I didn't see the spiritual uh, side of it because I did have a place in Rio where I would have more practice. Mm -hmm. And once moving to a new place where I did not speak the language, right, and uh, didn't know a lot of people, I didn't have a, a, a place to go practice any religion, I felt a little bit lost mm -hmm. um, but just being able to feel more calm and more center and more <clears throat> safe here definitely helped me uh, become more present with myself and uh, I kept searching for a place where I could still work on my spiritual until I found the Gompa, which took me a little while. Um, I found the Gompa maybe around 2013, and I moved here uh, in end of 2007. So it took me about right five years to find uh, the place that I really felt strongly attached and uh, strong need to be there and where I found my teacher and uh, my, my family. So five years, but five years, uh, it went by so fast. It was such a, such a hard uh, path to learn English on my own, having to survive by myself, right? Not having family and try to find friends, trying to belong. Um, I feel like the five years was just a little bit of like, okay, get used to it, learn English, understand what's being said before you go practice on that language. So uh, looking back, it, it, it felt like an eternity, but now looking back, it, it wasn't that bad. Five mm -hmm. years was not a long, a long time to find uh, such a special place like I did. Mm -hmm. I do want to have an episode with you where we get your immigrant story. And I actually feel called to sharing as many immigrant stories as those who are willing to share them because, once again, like that's a very private, vulnerable... For you, I think you can be more open. For others, it's a quite private, vulnerable story to share. But I think that especially here in the States, at the place that we're in now... Um, we need to hear more of those stories of what it's like. So is that something you'd be open to doing on a different show? Absolutely. Yeah, I guess we are already here, right? I'm already opening it up. And this is a work that I do. I've always been very private and uh, never really open up much, talk about myself much. But this is the work I do. Um, everything that's challenging to me, I like to look at it and uh, try to become better at it, right? If I don't want to open up, and I always wonder, like, why not? If that scares me, I want to do it just because of that, and mm -hmm. I guess that's why I want to be a firefighter. <laughs> and that's how I take my life uh, in general. Like, if something makes me really scared and um, push me away somehow because I feel a little bit uncomfortable, I take a better look at it, and I try to do it anyways because um, I don't believe in letting any fear just taking over and uh, telling, dictating what I would do or not. Mm -hmm. So definitely I'd love to talk about it. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. Bruna has shattered some glass ceilings on her way up, and 
I think some stories of like her protectors and what she's manifested and how she got here. It's it's pretty incredible. Uh, Bruno inspires me a lot. Um, but you know what you were saying before about finding the gompa and your family. I mean, you know what that leads into, right? To you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to tell the story of how we met? I'll do my best to not interrupt you and take over. Yeah, so uh, my relationship with Jane works really, really well because I'm the quiet one. I'm the one that just observes and and she likes to talk. So it works pretty well because she talks, I listen, and perfect, right? Like for her, she got someone on the other side that's listening to her or at the least sometimes pretending that I'm listening, but don't, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, and uh, on my side, I'm just quiet, chilling, observing, and why she talks. And people get, usually if there are more people around, people get get the entertainment of someone talking, and I don't need to talk as much. Anyways. <laughs> Thanks for making that point, yeah. Bruna. But uh, I was on and off at the Buddhist temple called Gompa. That's the place that we go practice our um, uh, Tibetan Buddhism. I actually started going to the Gompa before Jane, but I was on and off because a lot of the the things that my teacher would say sometimes I would feel uh, really deeply and I would take personally. And that's when we know exactly what we have to work on, right? If you put the shoes, how, what's the expression if the shoes if it fit? Uh, sure the expression, like if you say something and someone... Like check that on on, those, on themselves. So like, wow, if the shoe fit, anyways. <laughs> but the teacher would be, our teacher would be saying something, and I would think that he was talking directly t- towards me, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, he's talking about me. Mm-hmm. Why he's doing that? It's all about you. Uh, so I would be on and off because I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready, and uh, a lot of times I would be practicing and I would feel so great that I believed that I didn't need to go there anymore and then I would get away from it and then would get into another maybe we can call a little hole and uh, I'm like oh I have to go back to my meditation to my practices and I would go back and feel better again right so we tend to like be into the 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 cycle right repeating Mm -hmm. until we really commit Mm -hmm. and that was me and uh, Jane was there eventually, but I actually never really noticed much. Or Jane was the the thing that we we go do there, the practice that we go do there is so important and we respect so much that we would never like really notice each other. Jane was already friends with everyone at the Gampa and always kind of like more the outsider, right? As we spoke before. I'm more private, more quiet. I, uh, I, we could say I'm a little bit more shy, but people that really knows me probably would disagree that I'm shy because I'm not shy at all whatsoever. But if I don't know you, I am really reserved. And that's how I was at the Gompa as well. So I would go there, do my practice, get up and leave, like and not really stick around to hang out. And that's what Jane would do. And uh, <laughs> why you laugh? Uh, so we never like really connected much until we did, right? Later on. That's because you weren't wearing robes. Well, that's what she says. She says that I'm just calling out my own judgment. Okay. okay. Like that was like, I see that now, and I and I see the way that I still do it sometimes. But 
if I just see that you're here and like you're not like wearing a white zen or like getting ready or anything like that like I just wouldn't give you the time of day and I think that was really a way that I just protected myself because you've seen how many people come and go from that place like I'm, I wasn't there to get to know anybody but if you were in the sangha then you were family and so I'm sorry for not giving you the time of day because that's oh, genuinely why yeah no that's nothing to be sorry about because i wasn't there either looking for a friendship right mm -hmm. i would get there i would sit down i do my practice and i would get up and I would go home mm -hmm. i never like really had the intention to uh, just linger around and like oh let's you know bring up some topics for a conversation with whoever is here i i i have a hard time doing that and so. it's not what the gumpa's for. Exactly, exactly. So that's how we met. And uh, we, after we start hanging out, we never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story. It went from I didn't give you the time of day to then we hung out and yeah, never stopped. Yeah, I, I took refuge, right? I really committed to the practice and uh, Jane decided to be a little bit more helpful um, <laughs> in my eyes, right? That she wanted to kind of like get to know a little bit my dog and uh, we, we kind of uh, follow each other on ID and we... One day, he decided to like, hey, what about let's let's grab coffee? And and by that time, I was already doing so much work on myself, and I decided to open up more. Um, I've always had a hard time having creating right and finding friendships in in Salt Lake because I think the culture here is very different from mine, and uh, I am really reserved. But I've always craved friendship like real friendship i have a really hard time having just acquaintance and the people that just like wants to be there just to have fun or uh just for superficial moments uh friendships like that i actually rather not to have like if it's not meaningful if it's not real friendship someone that i can count on like the friendship the real friendship that i have in brazil I usually tend to just not water much, like I don't put much effort into it. But I was already opening it up, and I saw the need that I that I had deeply inside to create more friendships here because I've always felt very lonely, and I knew that that was my fault. I knew that was something that I need to change in me in order to open up so people could come in. And I was really working on that. I was trying to become more open and let people come in and give people a chance to be my friends. And uh, we we just um, decided to go grab coffee together. And uh, from there, we started seeing each other. We grabbed coffee and we hang out again. and. Uh, from there, we, you left. I don't know what else you... I don't know how you wanted me to like describe this. Uh, this. I'm funny <laughs> hearing it from your perspective, just because that's... Um, but Jane didn't really want to be my friend, and she was actually very honest about it, and that's one of the things that made me more <laughs> attracted to Jane because she was 100% honest, and she's like, look, I don't know if I can be your friend because I might have second intentions or I might have... An, right? Uh, other feelings for you. 
And I really admire people like that. Uh, she was honest. And I'm like, look, um, let's just, you know, talk and see what we can do, like, and uh, see how it goes. And uh, ended up being uh, mutual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... I the, the 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 first thing that I think of is that I started to notice that you were there um, because I remember it was around the time that Rinpoche fell and remember he like broke both his knees and it was kind of this like tragic moment yeah and we all kind of like spent more time together and we threw this big um, birthday party for him and I was sitting right in front of him talking to him and Bruna, in her white zen, and I think I've mentioned this, if you're wearing a white zen, it means that you're getting ready to take refuge. You're getting ready to join the sangha. So if you're wearing a white zen, I'm probably going to give you more attention, which I'm realizing is wrong. But I'm still not going to give you attention because, just as Bruna was saying, when you enter the gompa, like, the teachers are hard on you. Like, the, it's a warm, beautiful place, but, like, they want you to be serious about what you're doing. And I didn't have a lot of people sitting down with me to help me understand what was going on. And so there was some like little hazing aspect of me that didn't want to help other people. But that night at Rinpoche's birthday, I was talking to him and you just kind of butt in to say goodbye because you would always be leaving early because I had no idea that you woke up at like 4 a.m. to train your clients. And... I remember like immediately being irritated that you were like interrupting my talk with him. But then as quickly as I was irritated, I was like looking up at you. I was sitting on the ground, you were standing and like just felt my whole body like turn towards you and like who is this? And like Im like immediately the curiosity was there and I I I'm pretty sure I said something like, "Why are you why are you leaving? No, what did you say? No. Maybe I said it in my head. Because I was always noticing that you'd... I actually remember your face was not happy with me. <laughs> and I was 100% sure. I'm like, whoa. I really thought that she didn't like me before because she never talked to me. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, now I am sure this girl does not like me. And uh, it was not me that interrupted. Like, I was leaving and Rinpoche came to, hey, Bruna. And he made a comment about my pictures that he would see me on, on Instagram, like, oh, you look so strong, you're so strong. And that's when you looked at me with, like, the side eye, kind of like, uh, who is this girl that's, like, getting between me? And <laughs> yeah, it was not a very welcoming <laughs> moment. Oh, I'm sorry, Amal. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what was going on in my head. And then I think it was, like, a few nights later that I heard you and Katie behind me, like, what is this text? What is this prayer? Like, do you know what comes next? And I just remember being like, now's your moment to be really kind. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned around and I was like, what can I help you with? And I like helped you guys organize your texts. And that was me really trying to like be inviting and kind. And that was the first time I had ever been like helpful to any new Sangha member. Um, and yeah. And then after that, um, a, a while later, I think it was a, much later time that you messaged me and asked if we could go for coffee and I said no because I was very attracted to you and it's funny how initially something felt like wrong about me like being attracted to someone at the temple and like wanting to pursue that 
um, because that's not what I was there for. Just like you said, like we weren't there to make relationships. We weren't there to find a partner. But I had put the idea that I could find someone at the Gompa so far out of my head that when like the woman of my dreams is like standing there asking me out for coffee, I'm like, no, I can't, you know, and I'll never forget that day. I was freaking out because the day that I did go to get coffee with you, I remember I couldn't get any work done that day at all. I kept on looking in the mirror. I had put on all this makeup for you. I had put on this cute outfit. I was so nervous. And then we go and we sit for coffee and you like, I swear in like two sips, you like gulp down your iced coffee and then you're sitting there with like an empty cup. And we're just sitting there like our first few times of hanging out, we were just like awkward quiet. Do you remember that? Oh, you talked quite a bit. Probably because I was so nervous. Yeah. It was like, I had no idea what to say to you. And I kept staring at the freckles on your chest being like she's the most beautiful woman in the world like what are you doing and I just could not talk (laughs) luckily luckily that started to wear down but you know I do think that like right off the bat I really wait started to wear down what the part that I'm the most beautiful woman no No, my nervousness (laughs) started to wear down just to clarify like you're just so (laughs) you do have a very intimidating demeanor and I had a lot of unworthiness issues what is that like what is it that i i'm intimidated i don't understand when people tells me that i'm intimidated just because i'm serious okay maybe because my face looks like this exactly serious it's the face because that i'm you not 100 smiling had. all the time think about think about your older sister and how i look mean exactly when that's just a protection exactly. today you know that you okay. guys like you it, and i see it in both of you that as women growing up in Rio, you had to have this demeanor about yourself mm-hmm. so that people wouldn't mess with you. True. And it's just like, you don't really need that here. But I, but it gets misunderstood a lot because people always tell me like, wow, Bruna's really intimidating. She could kick my ass. I'm like, she could kick your ass, but she's really, really soft and gentle. And like, she would never do that. <laughs> Unless you, yeah. Unless you look at me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we did... You know, I I would say that we got off to a rocky start. I would say that. Um, Because me personally, I think that um, this is something really big that I learned with you is that in every relationship we're in, we're working through the shit from our past relationships too. And even more so. And I feel like when we started dating, I didn't really have much, I had had like some time, you know, being single, but I didn't really spend much time healing from my past relationship. And I feel like I came into a relationship with you and it just was like, it was really hard for me at the beginning to like recognize that you weren't my ex and that you were a different person. And that it was almost like I couldn't even give you a chance. I feel like I kind of pushed you away a lot. Well, it was a battle because I was not ready or looking for a relationship whatsoever. And uh, the beginning was pushy. And yet you asked me out for coffee after I said no. Well, I was trying to create a friendship with a Gompa sister, right? Like a friend. Like my intention with you in the beginning was not right until you opened up and told me that you had 
right? Kind of like you're attracted to me. But my intentions with you was never to, you know, be in a relationship with you whatsoever. I was uh, in a, a relationship before and after I finished my relationship, the, I had stuff to deal with that I was not looking for a relationship. And mm-hmm. I was actually pretty reluctant, reluctant even hanging out with you because I saw how attached you're getting to me and I, I didn't want to because I did not want to get into a, into a relationship at that time. Mm-hmm. And it took was like, what, six months into, right? We're like, okay, we are dating. Because before we were, I was like kind of pushing you, like I didn't want you, but you, you would push me and push me and and pull me back. It was just like a pulling and push, uh, uh, mutual, right? Like I didn't want to be in a relationship, but at the same time, I wanted to be around you Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So I was not looking into a relationship when we started hanging out, like definitely not. Yeah, it was like neither of us wanted to be in a relationship we both had so much healing to do and yet we were like magnetized towards each other and yeah I just feel like we kind of got off to a little bit of a rocky start and then I like to think of like Christmas day was like when we actually or was it Christmas Eve when we like I don't know we just kind of gave in and chose each other I think it was more when I when I went to Brazil and uh, stayed away from you for a while and uh that's not funny I'm just like it was just like I needed that time because you had a hard time giving me time Mm -hmm. and once I went to a different country and spent time with my family away from you that was when right I noticed that like yeah I miss her like Mm -hmm. I really want to be around her and then when I got back that was when that was like uh what 2019 uh, when too. I was really like, okay, like I'm gonna uh, commit to this because I really missed her when I was away from her. So I think for me, it was very important to spend the time apart mm. to really like, okay, I guess I'll give this a chance. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. It does. It really does. I it mean, does. Yeah. yeah, and I missed you so much while you were gone too. And um, and I think that what you know we learned is. Like, my goal for this episode, and I warned Bruna, like, we're just going to jam, but we're going to try to get to the point of relationships. Like, I think Bruna and I have learned a lot about what it means to be in a relationship, not to mention that we are interracial gay Buddhists. Interracial, intercultural. Intercultural, (laughs) different languages, you know, couldn't come from more different backgrounds, and, you know, we're both gay women, and we're both Buddhists, so... I think that makes our relationship quite unique. And at the same time, I think that we could speak to a lot of people about what it takes to have a healthy relationship. We just celebrated three years. Um, And I think the first thing that just comes to mind as we're talking about this is this idea of like an attached or an avoidant type. Because once we got, I got clear on that, I was way more, I was able to give you the space that you needed and realize that it meant nothing about me. So I'm an Aries, very touchy, very needy, want attention all the time. Bruna is a Virgo. Virgos like their alone time. They're they're very specific about how they want things to be. They have very high standards. And Bruna is the type who needs space sometimes. 
I was never that way. And if Bruna needed a little bit of space, I would flip out. Because I would take it as a sign that she doesn't want me anymore. So I'm a more attached type. And Bruna's more of an avoidant type. If we get into a big fight, for example, I'm going to be the one that's like, let's fix this. Let's talk through this. Come here, baby. Let's talk. Like, like, let's fix it. Blah, blah. I might keep on coming back to it, not being able to let it go. Whereas you, being the avoidant type, you'll be like, I need some air. I'm going to I'm gonna go. I don't think I would call that avoidant type because I'm not avoiding anything. I'm actually no, trying to just, just re, you know, rearrange and uh, process my feelings exactly. before um, speaking and before reacting. So it's not a reaction, right? It's like more of like, okay, let me sit with this, see what really is going on inside me before we talk because if I react right away it's usually irrational and that's when I will use all of my trauma um, protective ways to push you away from me and protect myself mm -hmm. so that's not going to be coming from love mm -hmm. and from the 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 space that's really compassionate and really honest is going to be just, I'm going to tell you whatever I know will hurt you so you can leave me alone. So that's mm -hmm. an avoidance. It's like more of a, like a uh, process timing. Okay, well, these are like specific relationship categories. I don't like categories. I apologize for Thanks. trying to categorize you. <laughs> Thank you. But there's nothing wrong with being an attachment style and there's nothing wrong with being an avoidant style. It doesn't mean that you are an avoidant person. It doesn't mean you're overly attached. It's just kind of how we are. Like, you know, hmm. the ocean and the wave or the island and the wave. Like, okay. you're the island. You're going to stay where you are. I'm going to be the wave that's, that's going to keep coming back and flowing. It's just kind of, I think... That understanding that, it helped me because I don't know if there's, like, anyone listening who, who, who has a partner like this who, like, just needs some time alone sometimes and you feel gutted. You feel like, oh, my God, they don't love me anymore. That was such a stunt in our relationship from the beginning, not being able to hear you and understand you when you just, like, wanted to spend a night at home alone by yourself. I'm sure you can remember like 10 times specifically when I could not accept that and then just drove you crazy because I just wanted to see it. And that was just me healing from my own trauma and my own shit. Um, and so we do have a few questions, I guess. Should we get into them? Yeah. There was one question that I put in. Okay. Because I think it's like it is my relationship rule number one. Every time someone tells me, especially with women, whether you're a man dating a woman or a woman dating a woman, I, I, I don't hear this as much in men, but you're welcome to let me know. Um, my number one rule to keeping your woman happy and avoiding fights. What is it, Bruna? Keep your woman fed. Yeah! But wait, B.S. <laughs> well fed. Well fed. Specifically for, right, uh, Virgos, I would say, because it's not anything that you can feed me that I'll be happy. Actually, <laughs> sometimes if you feed me something that I'm not happy about, that will make me even sadder. Or 
uh, more upset. Yeah. Like it's ser- it's serious. Uh, I'm that serious. Like Jane is laughing, but um, no, I'm laughing because it's very it's serious. It's really, really uh, uh, weird. I don't know if other people are like that. Maybe they are, but like if I do not eat some food that makes me happy. Um, I will literally be sad. And Jane has uh, witnessed that. Like, mm-hmm. we go out to eat, and if I eat some something um, that I'm not happy with, I get so sad that my day <laughs> is over. She needs... She she already learned how to work with me, so she will grab me, like, she will grab me, like, ice cream or something that she knows I love just to lift up my spirits because I'll definitely, like, look like the saddest person on earth. And mm-hmm. uh, it's really... Um, I think really like just the dopamine, right? The the that goes into my brain for food related. <laughs> that's really important, and that I it's needed, and I mm-hmm. take it serious. Like mm-hmm. I like to go eat places that I know that I like the food, because if I don't like the food, probably nothing's gonna happen that night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys heard it from Bruna. Make sure that she likes the food you're feeding her. So. This is something I hear all the time. Like, if one of my guy friends came to me and was like, oh, my girlfriend's being so crazy, this, this, and this, my first question will be, did you feed her lunch? Well, what do you mean? Did you feed her lunch? Well, I don't know. Well, then that's on you. Like, if you're not, and that's why there's that, you know, you see that quote everywhere that's like, did you eat is the most loving question ever. Because especially women... Uh, we can, you know, we can work so hard all day and go without food and then we get to where we are and we don't even realize that we're crashing. We become super mean, hangry, irritable. It is night and day. So that's my number one relationship tip. Keep your woman fed. If you know she's going to be getting hungry soon, make sure you got a good restaurant lined up. You're cooking something in the kitchen. That is the best way to show your love and the best way to keep things smooth sailing. I agree. Yep, yep. I know. I'm right. I'm pretty good at this, you guys. (laughs) Okay, let me read what our other questions are. Okay. How do you balance doing things for each other while also taking care of yourself? That's really tricky for me because I am the type of person, it's my nature to serve others. So I will definitely forget my needs and keep doing it for whoever it is that I love. And I will do it and keep doing it until I realize that I am overdoing it. And by that time, I am pretty frustrated, pretty irritated. And I have to just stop whatever I'm doing. And uh, usually by the time, too, I'm pretty harsh and very, um, how can I say? Uh, Jane might be able to say better than myself because she's the one that usually gets that type of Bruna. Yeah, I think what you're speaking to is like, when you are such a care, like Bruna is so caring, nurturing, loving, and sometimes we can get a little bit wrapped up in our partner's needs and focusing almost on what they need before we're asking ourselves what we need. And I see Bruna sometimes 
will go through a phase where like maybe for a few weeks she's just like so focused on like cooking and keeping the house together, taking care of Milo, making sure that I'm okay. And then one day she realizes that she hasn't like checked in with herself or she's been like ignoring her own needs and this kind of like resentful, frustrated, irritated person comes through. And yeah, this is kind of what we do sometimes. Yeah, it's it's pretty much zero to a hundred real quick because mm-hmm. I don't have uh, uh, at the least right so far. I haven't figured out how to balance better, mm-hmm. and that's uh, uh, every single day work right to do and learning more about yourself and noticing. Okay, I'm getting to my limits. I should stop now before getting. that resentment and getting Mm -hmm. frustrated and upset um and it's really hard that that balance it's really hard for me especially uh, because i'm a caregiver i will always uh care for everyone around me and i will be the last one even though i always say that i'm priority number one but even keeping myself as priority number one i still give myself so much and sometimes I don't realize that I'm giving too much Mm -hmm. so uh, what I try to do is Jane and I we had we've had our bumpy roads with this quite a bit so today I think the best way to uh, really limit right those moments and not let cross the line with your boundaries and your um, your self-care, it's really communication. Communication, mm-hmm. communicating like, hey, I took Milo out, right? Today, all day, can you maybe just tomorrow do that, right? Little things like that helps quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think communication, um, even if I feel... Like I might bother her, like she's busy or she's doing this or that, right? And that's me already caring for her. Like, no, leave her alone, let her do it. I have more time or I have more energy or whatever reason that we create in our minds. Um, even like that, we, I feel like I have to speak up mm-hmm. and tell her like, okay, uh, we got to, you know, show up here because I am getting to that moment. And even if we cross the line, Um, I feel like communication is still the best way because I will tell her, look, red flag. I already feel that I crossed my Mm limits. So how can we avoid uh, this conflict that's Mm -hmm. coming up real soon, Mm -hmm. right? Because I feel already depleted of energy. Mm -hmm. I feel that I'm being, I'm being, I've been abandoning myself and it has nothing to do with her. It's like all to do with myself, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, what way she does that for herself, but me, Bruna, um, it's all about me. And uh, when I'm neglecting myself, it's about me, not about her. How Mm -hmm. the amount of uh, hours or energy that I put it out for other people, I do it because I love, but I should always think of myself as well mm-hmm. and give that time and love uh, to myself. And when I don't, that's on me. So communication, uh, even if you cross the line, still speak up and say like, look, how can we avoid this conflict? Because once you, the line is crossed, the conflict, it's 
pretty much certain. <laughs> well, and I think that for whoever asked this question, um, I'd be curious which side of it you're on because you're either going to be on Bruna's side, like the caregiver to the extent where we're neglecting ourselves. Is that you? Or are you more like me, who was the independent kid who was always alone, who's never had to take care of anybody? And moving in with Bruna, it was, like, hard to see the sides of myself that wouldn't think to, like, make two cups of tea or, like, make two breakfasts. Like, it was really hard to see those parts of myself that that wasn't thinking about, oh, I live with this person now and I need to take care of her on some level. And so I think that Bruna spoke to, like, one side of the extreme and I was on the other side. Um, and for me, it's, like... I have to take these moments in the day where if I know that Bruno's home and I'm making breakfast, now I'm really great. I just make breakfast for both of us. If I have time to make lunch, I'll just make lunch for both of us. Um, I'm learning to be more thoughtful and considerate of her. And it was kind of a rude awakening moving in and realizing that I wasn't, that that just like wasn't in me. But I was someone who was always alone. So I never really took care of anything. So I just had a different experience. And um, I actually think that that's more of a cultural thing than a, um, I, yeah, I grew up with a brother and a sister. Um, my mom, it's, it's the caring person. Always so caring, right? If you're, if we're sick, like you just lay in bed, you don't do anything and you just get, uh, everything handed to you. That's how we are. Brazilians are like that. We like to take care of people. Hey, you hungry? Sit down. I'm going to make you a meal. And it's just like more of a cultural because I've always been independent. But uh, my mom having to work hard to take care of three kids on her own um, made me um, a little bit more of a caregiver in the house because in my culture, the, the male doesn't do as much as the woman, right? The male is usually like, okay, Bruna, you're uh, uh, responsible to uh, taking care of the food and like you make sure that you feed your brother, even though my brother is older than me, right? So we kind of have that idea of like, oh, you're older, you take care of the youngest, but not really. It's like in Brazil, it's like the woman takes care takes care of the man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like more of a cultural way, mm-hmm. like not like oh I've been always alone. No, like I also um, in relation to parents, I was alone mm-hmm. quite a bit around my brother and my sister. Not much my sister. My sister was way older, uh, but me and my brother and I had to like take care of the house, organize the house, get the laundry done. Um, get the, the, the food uh, ready for right for us to get fed and all that stuff. So I think it's like a more of a cultural mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. than uh, being dependent or not. Mm-hmm. But I see uh, your point of view and I see how that could have had an impact on like how you think of like, oh, Bruno is here. Mm-hmm. So if I'm making this food, maybe I should think of her that she wants to or should I just make for myself, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I think it's like more of a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting how you bring up how like this kind of feminist notion that the woman is the caregiver and that like even though your older brother or younger brother, older, older brother was like perfectly capable, like it was the woman's job. And um, that kind of brings up that, that question that 
Luckily, we haven't been asked in a very long time, but, like, who's the who's the man in the relationship? No one ever asks, like, who's the woman? Because that brings us back to this notion of, like, okay, so the man is, like, the one who wears the pants, the one who's running the show, the one who brings home the bacon, the one who, you know, is the masculine. And then the woman is, like, the caregiver, just like what you were saying, the nurturer, the one that's taking care of the home, that's doing all of these things. And... And not only do we get to express this in queer relationships, but in hetero in heteronormative relationships, we also need to explore breaking down those roles and seeing the masculine feminine roles arising in both of us. So between the two of us, we've learned we've been learning that balance of caring for each other, fulfilling that masculine role when it's needed, fulfilling the nurturer role when it's needed, and kind of flowing that way. Instead of having it be like divided between us. <sighs> and um, and I think culturally too has a lot of differences because I'm the type of person, right? Like if we talk about independency, like I, I've always been so independent doing everything on my own. So I, I've always had a hard time asking for things. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jane, she's, she's more used to... Uh, she's more vocal about her needs, right? Like, hey, I need this. Hey, can you just do this for me? Hey, can you grab, you know, like, and I tend to do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I would never really, like, uh, vocalize, right? Like, never really, like, speak up, like, hey, can you maybe just cook for both of us today? Can you do this for me today, right? So mm-hmm. I would kept, I would keep just doing everything on my own. And she doesn't know that I need, right, whatever I need, so how can she read my mind? But on my uh, on my side, I would be kind of like, how come she like doesn't realize that I need that too? How come <laughs> she doesn't realize that I'm home and I'm hungry too? Because lunch time, right? So all that stuff that we had to like really uh, get into an agreement, and I I would say through the through a rough path, through a harder through the harder hardest way. Because, right, the communication was really failing, pretty much. Like, me and Janie, coming from completely different backgrounds, we, we've been having to work so much in this mm-hmm. communication. Yeah. Uh, because we work completely different, like, than we, in different ways. Like, I, I do things different. And, uh, right, I, I'm already, like, here thinking of, like, okay... Uh, what Janie needs and she's more of an independent in that way that she's like oh yeah I'm gonna go make myself breakfast but like right I'm on the other side thinking like oh I'm gonna make me and Jane the breakfast so it's it's all about communication at the end really communication is the key yeah and I'm glad you said that because I think that something that really frustrated me about you when we would move in together is that I could see that you were a little bit bothered that I didn't do something that you were wanting me to do and I would be like you you didn't ask like you didn't even let me know that's something that you needed and so like I would get so frustrated because you wouldn't let me know and you've been so I feel like we're in such a solid place now where you just let me know what you need and then I can show up for you that way and that's I think communication is obviously like key and I think it's been one of the biggest barriers for us And I think just to kind of wrap up this question about taking care of yourself and caring for others, like, 
I am really lucky that I don't wake up and work first thing in the morning. Like Bruna has clients starting at 6 a.m. So she's up serving others. I'm up taking care of myself like all morning until like noon or one when I see my first client. Then usually while I'm with clients, Bruna's kind of having her alone time. But then by seven o'clock, like by six or seven for me, it's like my focus is on Bruna. What does she need? What can we do together? How can we spend time together? Because I spent the morning taking care of myself, the afternoon taking care of my clients, and then the evenings are like all about taking care of my woman. So I think if you can just like get into that flow with each other, you know, I usually cook breakfasts, you know, we'll collab at lunch, Bruna will usually cook dinners or we'll collab and just looking out for each other, you know, and, and make sure you're not smothering each other. I think sometimes I, I get worried that I'm not doing enough and then I get into this really weird space where I'm like trying to show you how much I love you by doing all these things for you and <sighs> anyways, let's move on from this question. What do we got next? Separate rooms? Have you ever desired time apart slash need more space? <laughs> we kind of already talked about this a little bit. Kind of did. Um, but separate rooms, uh, not to sleep separately, but definitely uh, separate bathrooms. Um, Jane has her whole ritual of uh, skin, right, Uh <laughs> caring time like I don't do any of that I'm blessed and I don't do much for my skin like to be honest my skin it's great and you're making this about skincare yeah and makeup so much care too. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about this first because that's the first thing that came up to my to my uh, head but right she james is really spacious she takes space everywhere she goes everywhere in the house you see everything um everything pretty much that's like all over the place is james <laughs> and uh, uh bathroom it's something that uh, definitely separate like we have oh our own God. bathrooms um but separate rooms uh, not really, uh, but we do have different rooms. Sometimes, if we feel if we feel like we need time apart, mm -hmm. um, it's really rare. It's usually when we get to a really critical point that we really need time alone. That we uh, may be really upset with each other, and we just need to uh, be alone with ourselves. It's really rare. Uh, but separate rooms in the in the way of like sleeping separately, not not really. No. Okay, so this is my experience with this because it makes me think of when we first moved in together, and we're like two girls, right? So we we do you remember this? We had this idea: one closet, we're gonna have all of our work clothes. Oh yeah, the closet we, stuff. Yeah. We dress the same for work, right? Like I'm a yoga teacher; <laughs> she's a personal trainer. We pretty much dress the same every day. So we were like. Let's put all of our work clothes in one closet and then like all of our girly fun going out clothes in another closet. Then we wanted to have one bathroom that was just going to be like daily stuff and then the other bathroom with like all of our nail polish and makeup and all of our like glam stuff. You guys. Oh, and we had we were sharing a shrine room too. That was probably one of the most naive choices that we made moving in together thinking that we could blend our closets and our bathrooms and our meditation spaces. We still blended our meditation. We, we practiced in the same space for a pretty long time, and we still do if we're performing puja. But 
you guys, you need your own closet. You need your own space. Like, you need your own space. I love having separate bathrooms. I wish that we just didn't have the wall between ours because, like, we, we just, it's just not big enough for both of us, you know? We have our own bathrooms. We have the bedroom that is ours, but then my office, um, we decided to put a day bed in here. A, so that I can have like a comfy spot um, besides my desk, but also, yeah, if I just like need some space from Bruna, I can come in here. Bruna has an office downstairs and she has her own gym and our townhouse has three floors. So it's like we have plenty of space from each other and we definitely have had times when we need to take space from each other. But definitely. I, I just want to bring up that the... the the glam and makeup, all that stuff. That's James because oh, I, I don't, I really don't have that. Like if you go to my closet, yes. Like I do have quite a bit of shoes because I love shoes and, uh, and clothes, right? I like am I rolling do. my eyes so yeah, hard she right is, now. But like it, this is this Katioka <laughs> thing. She's not glam. This is more of Jane stuff because I'm like more more basic in Bruno's a way. Bruno's wardrobe is four <laughs> times the size of mine. Bruna comes home with a new pair of shoes every week. That's and no, they're not just running shoes. They're all kinds of <laughs> shoes. And I am constantly sneaking over to her makeup bag to steal from her because she has nicer makeup than me. <laughs> so, bunch of BS, Bruna. Um, but no, I think that's the thing is that like, we're both girly girls with sporty sides and we thought that we could just blend everything and it just doesn't work. Like it's good to have your separate spaces. I think that it's really, really good to have your separate spaces. Um, and now my meditation shrine is in here and Bruna's is in, um, our bedroom. And so that's all, that's all good. Um, and taking time apart, I think is is important like Bruna said like going going away like after um Bruna took her first Brazil trip and came home realizing how much she missed me you know I had two trips planned one to Nepal and one to Thailand and like especially in Thailand like being away from you for so long and being around all these amazing people and there there was a moment when like we were on this boat and I was watching the sunset and I just had this realization of like I never want to have these amazing memories again without Bruna. And that's when I stopped wanting to do things alone, you know? Like, I love my independence and I love that I can, but I love having those experiences with you. And if we need to take some time away from each other... Oh, Milo, your paws are filthy. <laughs> <laughs> And if we need to take time away from each other, that's usually really, really good. And Bruna's going to be the first to say, I think we need some time apart. And I'm going to be the first to say, like, no, no, we don't. Just love me. And then once I just listen to her, I'm like, wait, it feels really nice to spend some time just worrying about myself and focusing on myself. And then we come back together and things are just a lot better. And I think if you need space and time apart, I, I don't know. I wonder if people who think like, man, I just want some space, if they start to think like, oh, we should break up or take a break. Like, I guess I want to give people permission that like, if you're just like, hey, I'm going to go like rent a cabin here for a week and get some time alone, like 
give that to your partner. I I also think that uh, you giving your partner space doesn't mean to not be in the same place. Mm. Things uh, things that you can do, right, to give your, your partner space is just to be quiet sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes I tell Jane, like, hey, I just need some space. It's not about like, oh, I need you to get out of the house or I need to go somewhere or it's about give me some space, let me be. And mm-hmm. that's it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, don't tell me about your business. Don't tell me about your clients. Don't tell me about anything. Just let me be. And that's already sometimes the space that I need. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily need more space, uh, meaning you need to be away from my side. It's just like, oh, okay, I'll just be around quietly and, you know, take your time. I think that's a way as well to give your partner space. Well, I think this is what you just said is like a classic example of um, the relationship or the language dichotomy in between us. Kifoy, you're very distracted yes. now. What you were just saying about like what space means to you, I wonder if any like native English speakers listening are like, oh yeah, that's totally what space means. Because I think for anyone listening who, um, you know, like I have a friend who was just telling me she and her boyfriend, they are both speaking to each other in their second languages, in English, because they don't speak each other's native language. Mm -hmm. And we were laughing about, like, all the little things that you can come across where you're like, oh, I don't translate that the same. You know, like, the classic example between us is when I say, like, Bruna, do you want to go, do you want to go out, like, this afternoon? (laughs) And Bruna goes, sure. And I'm like, sure. And she's like, sure. And I'm like, sure. You're like, do you really want to? Because like to me, sure is like, sure, sure, sure. Sure is like a way to respond when you're not enthused, but you'll do it. Whereas to Bruna, sure is like. It's more of like, oh, hell yeah. Like I'm so into it. Let's do it. Right. Because the translation in Portuguese, sure. It's like, definitely let's do it. Yeah, sure. I'm so uh, uh, certain that I want to do that. (laughs) Exactly. So there's all these little nuances in just our languaging towards each other where, and I remember this would drive me crazy from the beginning. And it was a huge lesson for me. Like Bruno snapped at me one day and was like, I learn your language. You want me to speak to you in a certain way? Go and learn mine. And I was like, watch me. I will. She's still learning a little bit, but she she's really good. She stopped for a little bit, right, since last time she was in Brazil. But I'm sure she will be fluent. That's because I realize the only way I'm ever going to become fluent in Portuguese is if I spend at least a year in Brazil. So manifesting that. We're working on that. I will be fluent. And I'm pretty good, you guys. Um, but no, that's that's the thing is like, oh my gosh, like if you're dating someone and they're speaking their second language to communicate with you, I'm sorry, you have a responsibility to learn as much as you can about their language. And every time they use a word in your language that you don't like or maybe doesn't resonate with you or maybe just like, for example, give me some space, that does not translate to me like hang out with me, but let's just be quiet. But the more that we, the, like the amount of times a week that I'll probably say, Bruna, can you tell me what you define that word to mean? We love talking about word definitions. 
It helps us get more clear. So I don't know if other American English-speaking relationships have that issue, but if you are intercultural like we are, you're going to come up on, on that a lot. Okay, the last question we have is very, it's a big question. <laughs> what does it take to be in a happy, healthy relationship where both partners feel secure, safe, seen, and heard? She, Bruna's got an answer for this. Oh, no, I, my answer is actually still working on that. You keep <laughs> working on that daily. I think that's the answer. Mm -hmm. The answer is, to be honest, patient. And, uh, of course, communication, right? Jane was just saying about the differences that we learn uh, when we learn a second language, me learning a second language and saying, sure, and she taking in a way that was completely different than mine. That's the communication that actually took us, we've been together for about three years. It took us like maybe almost three years to figure that mm -hmm. out, right? It was not like, oh, right away, first time that I said, sure, she asked me like, wait, what do you mean? It was not like that. We had to fight, right? We had to like disagree and be upset with each other and be completely lost in this relationship until the day that we decided to like, wait, what do you really mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And then we explain like, oh, now it makes totally sense. Mm -hmm. So I think the earlier that you can really try to understand your partner better, and maybe just asking the ex extra question, like, but what do you really mean with that, mm -hmm. right? Really be curious. I think it's a curiosity. Be curious about your partner, right? Like, what do you mean when you say that? I think that probably will make a lot of things easier and uh, the communication will just evolve big time. Mm -hmm. um, there is no relationship whatsoever how happy a hundred percent of time that that doesn't happen like that's like your uh right your partner uh you're like in a romantic relationship or friendship or your mom and your sister right relationships are relationships and that's how it goes some days are good some days are not so good some days you understand each other other days you don't understand a word they're saying and uh, it's really it's really knowing, okay, is this a person that I want to be with? Am I really committed to this? Do I still love this person, right? If all of the answers, it's like, yes, yes, yes. Then you just give time. Let the, the, the emotions, right? Let the emotions settle down and come back to it and decide i think it's deciding every single day to be in that relationship mm -hmm. is that really what you want and uh, you just you know uh, uh, grow together keep choosing each other daily and mm -hmm. sometimes hourly sometimes <laughs> like you have to do that every single hour of the days right some days are just that hard but some days are just lovely that you don't mm -hmm. have to like be making those decisions because it's just there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's just uh, everyday work. Um, I don't think there is a solution or uh, 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 
recipe for like, okay, this is what you do to have a happy relationship. Like that doesn't happen. At the least I haven't figured it out yet. If anyone out there figured it out, please let me know. Uh, but it's really just choosing each other every single day and remembering like why you love that person because in the mirror of chaos you forget you forget everything that the person is to you everything that you love about the person and if you make a decision at that time you're probably gonna just call it quits so i think the good and the best thing to do is like take some time let the emotion settle then come back to it Right. If you still feel love for that person, admiration, and want to be with that person, then you keep choosing each other. But then, if you don't, then I guess you know, you know the, you know what to do. But that's it. Like every single day, you keep choosing it, and be patient, and uh, just give it time, and uh, keep choosing each other. That's it. So there's an aspect of this question that I'd like to be more clear on because you were just talking on what it takes to be in a happy relationship and you're kind of referencing what you do when you get into fights, what you do when you feel doubts. What if you know that you are in an unhealthy relationship where that person doesn't respect you, they manipulate, you feel manipulated, Mm -hmm. maybe they're gaslighting you, maybe they're Mm -hmm. verbally abusive, you know, Um, like I wonder... Because it did say happy slash healthy. <laughs> I think that you can okay. you can nurture a healthy relationship. If you are not in a healthy relationship, Bruna, do you think that that relationship can become healthy? Or do you think that you should get out of it? Uh, and I know this is a really hard question. I think it depends. What, what are we talking about here, right? Like healthy, unhealthy, in what way, right? Because if we can communicate, if we keep fighting over and over and over, that sounds kind of unhealthy, but it might be just a miscommunication again, right? Like we had a period of times that we just, we just got, on, got on fights and we fought and we fought. I'm like, what's happening here, right? Uh, but is that making you, uh, uh, less happy of a person with yourself? Is that mm-hmm. making you, uh, get away from your values and the things that you believe? Is that making you betray yourself? Is that making you forget yourself? Mm-hmm. Is that making you harm yourself? So mm-hmm. then that's mm-hmm. definitely right unhealthy mm-hmm. and that's just, uh, a matter of really creating the strength to know what you deserve and uh, what you want in a relationship and creating the strength to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've been always a believer of the, like, okay, if it's supposed to be, will be, even right? Like, oh, but I'm not quite sure if it is healthy or not, right? Because what's healthy, what's unhealthy, it's relative. But is it creating more harm than not? I like to put things in a a scale. Are the good moments better than the the bad moments? Um, Is the person not respecting you, right? There are things that you like really like have to look at it because if there's no respect, in my opinion, there is no love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
if there is no respect, and I'm talking like about any any relationship, right? If I have like a, a family member not respecting me, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to push you away because I respect everyone around me. Mm-hmm. And if someone is not respecting me, you don't deserve to be in my life. And that's it, right? Until you learn how to respect me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll give you another chance, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. But I think... We know deeply inside mm-hmm. if something's good for us or not. Yeah. And we need to trust our just trust our gut, mm-hmm. trust your instinct. We know exactly when something's good or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't doubt yourself. Yeah. If you feel like that's not healthy for you, <laughs> uh, you might want to take some time away mm-hmm. uh, somehow. So um, it's... It's hard. Um, I think we all been there, right? Um, I've been in abusive relationships, been in relationships that I knew was just like putting me down in a hole, deeper and deeper. But I kept at it because I didn't know who I was, and that was very needed, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to go through a journey and learn from it. But if you don't learn from it, that's gonna keep happening to you, right? And uh, if you're still not able to learn from it, maybe try to uh, find someone that's going to help you out, right? Like I, I've always had therapists. Um, I always have guides, right, as far as like someone, facilitators, that it's going to help me understanding things that I don't quite understand myself alone. And uh, that's how you find someone from the outside with a different perspective, uh, not really biased to tell you like, okay, this is not good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that's creating harm to you. Maybe just stay away from it for a little bit. And uh, that's really complicated because it's really easy to say, but really hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn it the hard way. When I had abusive relationships that I was really, really... Um, sad and not really taking care of myself and just getting to a hole deeper and deeper. I didn't have anyone to tell me and I had to learn in the, the worst way, right? Mm-hmm. Which is going through. And uh, at the least I believe that the only way out is through. So you go through, you learn from it and uh, then you just try to do better. And uh, that's all we can do. Yeah, and I think it's it's worth saying that um, that people fight in relationships, and if you get into fights with your partner, like that is not a sign that it's an unhealthy relationship. Um, but if you feel like you know there are more fights than there are good days, that's something to look at. Um, and if you know you're feeling deep down in your gut that you don't want to be there anymore, but you're afraid, you know, to leave. Uh, that's definitely when you can reach for outside support. And I actually had an incredible life coach who helped me get out of a pretty bad relationship. And I always wonder if I, if she weren't there, if she hadn't helped me, you know, like it really takes a lot of strength. Um, so yeah, thanks for all of your insight, Bruna, on that. And I think it really does come down to being respected and you know. And actually, I think this would be my piece of advice for that question. If you're in your relationship and you're wondering, is it healthy? Am I happy? Am I feeling seen, heard, and validated? 
Forget about your relationship and ask yourself, what do I want in a relationship? What do I want? It doesn't mean I want someone who likes Buddhism. I want someone who will do yoga with me. No. I want someone who will respect me. I want someone who doesn't yell at me. I want someone who doesn't get drunk and mean. You know? Those are what you really value in your partner. And then you can ask yourself, am I getting that? And if you're not, doesn't mean you leave your partner. It means you give them the opportunity to grow with you and learn how to love you better. Because I believe that every relationship that I've been in, whether it's been good or bad for me, it's been good for me because Somehow. I have learned how to love myself and others more through that relationship, and I have learned something about myself. So for those who are listening, I want you to look at every relationship in your life as a lesson and a way to learn to be more loving towards yourself and others. Yeah, I think we're both agreeing that that is a very tough question to answer because, you know, I think what it does take, Bruna, is, and that's what I love so much about being with you, is that I think this is actually the key. I think this is a really good answer. The person that you're with has to be equally devoted to their own growth and evolution as you are. I think that's to be happy, healthy, seen, validated, heard, and safe. That's a lot. But but to whoever asked that, I love that because in your question, you're already saying what you want. You want a relationship that's happy and healthy where you are seen, validated, heard, and safe. So you get to ask yourself, do I have that right now in my relationship? Maybe you don't, and that's okay. I'm not going to hold Bruna to this ridiculously high standard of perfectionism if I'm not living in that high standard of perfectionism. So if I feel like, okay, there is something I would like out of this relationship that we haven't developed yet in our three years together, then we have an open, vulnerable conversation about, hey, I'd really like to develop more of this. I'd like to feel more seen, more validated, and here's how. I think that I've had a lot of people's, um, you know, a lot of my clients ask me like, well, my boyfriend, he just doesn't do this, so maybe he's not right for me. And I say, well, have you have you told him that's what you want? Well, no. Shouldn't he already know? No. He should be given the opportunity to grow into the person that you need, mm-hmm. he or she. And that's what I love about being with you is that even when I screw up, even when I act poorly out of my lowest self, you know that I am just as devoted to my growth and evolution as you are. And so we're meeting each other on that common ground. And if there is a point where I'm like, I'm sorry, Bruna, but you are not meeting me, then that's a more serious discussion of like, you've fallen off your path. Why aren't you growing and evolving anymore? What's stopping you? Um, But we have yet to get to that place. So um, That's a good point. Um, If you're, you know, letting your partner know that that's something that you really need and uh, your partner is not doing anything to meet you there, definitely that partner is not 100% committed to you or putting any effort into meeting your needs. So that's definitely a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be with someone who inspires you to just be the most incredible version of yourself. And from the day I've met Bruna, I have felt so inspired to just 
be the incredible version of myself that she saw and like live up to that. And, and it feels good to be that woman to her. And it's amazing to see her be that woman to me. So I hope you all have enjoyed this. Milo has definitely been, he's been pretty chill, but he has these moments of wanting to jump on us and play. Milo is our first baby together. So <laughs> that, that was a whole journey in itself. Bruna, is there any anything else you want to say to the Lioness Podcast audience? No, I just hope I made some sense. And I hope that whatever I had to share here can help anyone out there. That's all. <laughs> and forgive me my English second language. <laughs> oh, <whatever. laughs> Sometimes Bruna will like read one of my Instagram posts and be like, Jane, I think you used this word incorrectly. I think you misspelled this. I think your grammar is wrong. She actually edits a lot of my newsletters and a lot of my copy because sometimes her skills are better than mine. So don't judge someone with an accent. They're probably way, way freaking smarter than you. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so, so much for listening today, you guys. Um, Bruno will definitely be back on the podcast. I think today we just got her warmed up to this idea of sharing her voice and her story. So applause to Bruna. If you have any questions for her or for the both of us, you can just send them my way. My email is in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, you can check out my website and devotion, the life of a yogi, my 12 week group study on the life and exploration of yoga is initiating the week of August 23rd. We have an incredible, beautiful group of yogis coming together to join us in that space. And if you have been feeling called to join us in devotion, this one time incredible training that I'm doing for my yoga teachers, my healers, and my coaches, then go to the link in my bio, apply to join us, and I will be so excited to welcome you into this delicious space for three months. We are going to all be holding each other up to the standard of living the life of a yogi, embodying the life of a yogi, whatever that means to you. While we go deep into the roots, the history, famous yogis, science of Ayurveda, philosophy of Buddhism, and of course, activating and engaging with the subtle body. So there is nothing out there like this experience, and I am so excited to be sharing this with all of you. It's such an honor to do this work. So if you want to learn more about Bruna, my beloved, you can find her Instagram, mybodymytemple. She is a personal trainer here in Salt Lake City. I don't think she is taking any new clients at the time, but she does do online programming if you already know how to work out and you want someone to give you weekly programs of either just weight training or nutrition and weight training to just, you know, Bruna sculpts bodies, you guys. She sculpts bodies and it's incredible how amazing you feel after working with her for only a few weeks. So wherever you are, if you want someone as kick-ass as her to help you sculpt your body for what you need and your body shape and your preferences. I know that she'd be happy to or do that for you. Or become a firefighter. Or, yeah, if you're like, I want to become a firefighter and I need to get my body into shape, 
she is your woman. We're obviously a queer, safe, women-loving gym. Bruna helps women become stronger so that they can be more resilient in their lives. Because we all could be more resilient in our lives. And men. She also trains lots of men. (laughs) But, you know, in this house, we're really about um, embodying the strong woman. So... Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this show today. You can go find all of our information in the show notes. And we will see you next Sunday for another episode. Say bye, Milo. He normally just talks back. I'm surprised he hasn't had anything to say. I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Ciao.